Well, good morning. Good to see all of you this morning. Leviticus chapter 23, as we continue our worship series in Leviticus 23, today looking at the Festival of Trumpets, the first of the fall festivals that fall in the seventh month of the year. In fact, the next three festivals all are commemorated in one month. They are called by the Jews even to this day, the Days of Awe, the Festival of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement that we're going to look at next week, and then finally the Festival of Shelters or Booths. Four months has passed since the last festival, the spring festival that we looked at last week, Pentecost, and now we come to verse 23 of Leviticus 23, the Festival of Trumpets. I want you to keep these truths in the back of your mind as we study this passage today and talk about the festival of trumpets. God remembers and delivers his people. Always remember that. God never forgets you. He always remembers you. You're never off his radar screen. And he's a God who delivers. He's a God who saves. He's a God who rescues. And therefore, we come today as God's people, as they did in the Old Testament when they commemorated this festival, and we worship the God of hope and victory today. The God of hope and victory. Look at chapter 23, verse 23. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you must have a complete rest. By the way, this is the only festival that was commemorated on the first day of the month or early on in the month. The others were all set in the middle of the month. And there's a reason for that. We're not going to get into it this morning for the sake of time. But the rest of the festivals took place in the middle of the month under a full moon, which meant it would have been very light, even lighter at night. This took place in the new moon when it would have been a little bit darker. You must have a complete rest. In other words, this again is God saying, time out for his people. I want you to stop doing and spend a little time just being. This is to be a memorial. This is to stop and remember and not forget the Lord because the Lord never forgets us. It is to be announced by loud horn blasts, trumpets, it is a holy assembly. It is to call God's people together because God wants to meet with his people regularly, as we've talked about throughout this series. You must not do any regular work, but you must present a gift, literally a fire offering or burnt offering, a sacrifice to the Lord. The Festival of Trumpets. What is the significance of trumpets in the Word of God? Well, we're going to be traveling to a lot of different places again today in God's Word, so we're going to start out by going over just a few pages to the book of Numbers, the next book of the Bible from Leviticus to Numbers to Numbers chapter 10. Numbers chapter 10, and we're going to look at the first 10 verses of Numbers Chapter 10. We're going to see in this passage four reasons for trumpets. 
when it comes to God and his people. And we're going to see how these even speak into our lives today. Remember, we worship the God of hope and victory. Numbers 10, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, make two trumpets of silver. You are to make them from a single hammered piece. You will use them first for assembling the community. There's the first reason. God wants to gather his people together, and so he used the trumpets to call God's people, to gather them together. Why? Because God wants to meet with us personally, individually, but he also wants to regularly meet with us as a community in a corporate setting. So they were used to call God's people together. Secondly, they are also to be used for, verse 2, for directing the traveling camps. As we're going to see in just a moment, they were used to signal to the camps of God's people that they were to break camp and they were beginning to move out and to move somewhere else where God directed them. So they were used for gathering God's people. They were used for moving or directing God's people. In fact, God says, when they blow them both, all the community must come to you to the entrance of the tent of meeting. If they blow one trumpet, then just the leaders, the heads of the thousands of Israel, must come to you. When you blow an alarm, then the camps that are located on the east side must begin to travel. When you blow an alarm for a second time, then the camps that are located on the south side must begin to travel. An alarm must be sounded for their journeys. Meaning, again, not an alarm maybe in that we would know it as. We're going to come to that in just a moment. But alarming them that, hey, we're getting ready to move. So gather your stuff together. We're getting ready to break camp. We're moving out. But then notice verse 7, when you assemble the community, you must blow, but don't sound the alarm. That's just to get everybody together. Notice who is to blow the trumpets. The sons of Aaron, the priests, must be the ones to blow the trumpets. They will be to you for an eternal ordinance throughout your generations. Now, here's the next reason to blow the trumpets, not just for gathering God's people, not just for directing them and moving them. If you go to war, verse 9, in your land against an adversary who opposes you, then you must sound an alarm with the trumpets. You are to follow what God said. God is saying to his people, blow your trumpets. That is your step of faith saying, God, we're going to do what you've asked us to do as your people when we're in trouble. And the sounding of the trumpets will be our expression to say, God, we're in trouble. We're over our head. We need delivered. We need rescued. We need saved. And we are looking to you as we blow these trumpets to be our deliverer. Notice, you will be remembered before the Lord your God. God will remember his people because they're doing what he said they should do. Blow the trumpets when you get into trouble, and I will remember you, and also you will be saved from your enemies. I will come and I will deliver you. So they were used for gathering God's people, assembling them. They were used for directing God's people. They were also used for delivering God's people. Then notice verse 10. They were also used for celebration, for rejoicing, for worship. Also in the time, verse 10, when you rejoice, 
such as on your appointed festivals or at the beginnings of your months. You must blow with your trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings so that they may become a memorial for you before your God. I am the Lord God. So we have here in Numbers 10 four reasons why the people of God were to sound the trumpets. They were used to gather God's people together for worship. And as they came together to worship, they were used also in worship. They were used as part of the celebration, part of the rejoicing, if you will, as God's people came together. But they were also used for guidance, for direction, for getting God's people to move when God said to move in order to follow his direction. And then they were also used for delivering God's people when they were in danger. And what we're going to see today is throughout the word of God, Every time God directed his people to blow a trumpet, all of those different reasons or the significance of the trumpet was all sort of woven together in these things. And what I want us to see today is that though you and I may not use trumpets, if you will, when, when we need delivered or trumpets in our worship and all of that, that, that we still have to keep in mind that the same God who remembered and delivered his people in these days is the same God who remembers his people today and delivers us. He is still the God of hope and victory, which is what the trumpets were to signify or express as they acted in faith. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about celebrating God with the trumpet blast. Go to the book of Psalms, to Psalm 98, verse 6. Psalm 98, verse 6. And you, the whole psalm is great, right? It talks about singing to the Lord a new song. He performs amazing deeds. His right hand, verse 1, and his mighty arm accomplished deliverance. So you even know why are they worshiping him and praising him? Because he's the God who remembers his people and delivers them. But notice in verse 6, with trumpets and the blaring of the ram's horn, shout out praises before the king, the Lord. God is to be praised. And notice here too, God wants to be praised with exuberance and enthusiasm. The blaring of the ram's horn. It's not just getting up there with your little kazoo and going, no. It's, it's blaring out that horn. It's when you sing, you sing out to the Lord. Why? Because he's remembered us. He's delivered us. He's given us hope and victory in our lives. We need to celebrate the Lord, you see. Psalm 98, verse 6. Then one of my favorite psalms, if you'll go over to Psalm 150. I'll get there eventually. Now, the verse I'm spe specifically interested in is verse 3, but this is only six verses. I'm going to read it all. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the sky, which testifies to his strength. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. 
Praise him with the blast of the horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and with dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and the flute. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You have breath this morning? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The only reason we have breath is because of the Lord. Everything we are and everything we have, everything we have to look forward to is all because of God, and therefore he is worthy to be praised. And so the trumpets were to signify, hey, we got to come together as God's people because we, we need to remember God. We need to remember that he remembers us and that he's delivered us and that he will deliver us and he gives us hope and victory every day in him. And therefore, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Let's get together and let's celebrate and praise and worship our God. And let's, let's use everything we've got in worship. Let's give God our very best as we worship him because he deserves our very best. He, he deserves the loudest praise. And if we're going to praise him, then we're going to shout out praises to him. We're going to shout out acclamation to him. We're going to raise a hallelujah to the Lord in God's house. The feast or festival of trumpets. But this festival again, and the significance of trumpets, was not just to gather God's people together for worship and to celebrate and praise and worship the Lord. As we've already seen in Numbers chapter 10, it was also to be used as a signal to God that we are looking to you, God, for our help, for our rescue, for our deliverance, for our salvation. We're looking to you, God, for victory. So I'd like you to turn with me to Second Chronicles, if you would. Second Chronicles, back to Second Chronicles, to chapter 13. In this passage of Scripture, you have a very sad thing happening here, and that is that the northern kingdom of Israel, God's people, right, but the northern kingdom of Israel has so drifted away from God and become idolaters and become so distant from God that they're actually attacking their own brothers and sisters, if you will, in the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. Okay? And the kingdom of Judah at this point are led by a king named Abijah. And Abijah here is basically confronting the army that Jeroboam, the king of the northern kingdom, sent to basically kill their fellow people. I mean, this was Israelites fighting against Israelites. This was civil war, if you will, right? And this was with all of God's people. This is northern kingdom coming against the southern kingdom. But at least at this point in history, Judah was still following the Lord, unlike the northern kingdom of Israel. So I wanted to give you that background here as you begin following along with me at verse 12 
of 2 Chronicles 13, where at least the leadership and people of the southern kingdom of Judah were still looking to the Lord, unlike their other half of their ancestors in the northern kingdom. And look at what Abijah says, verse 12 of 2 Chronicles 13. Now look, God is with us as our leader. That's important for the leader to say, right? I'm not your leader. God is our leader, and we're still looking to him. His priests are ready to blow the trumpets to signal the attack against you. You Israelites, don't fight against the Lord God of your ancestors, for you will not win. He's actually trying to talk them out of attacking them. Why? Not because he feels that he's better than them. He understands, though, we're still following the Lord and you're not. Therefore, because we're following the Lord and you're not, God is with us and he's not with you. It's not going to go well with you. So don't attack us because the battle is the Lord's and God's going to take care of us because we're looking to him. Verse 13, now Jeroboam had sent some men to ambush the Judahite army from behind. The main army was in front of the Judahite army. The ambush ambushers were behind it. The men of Judah turned around and realized they were being attacked from the front and the rear. As we just sang about, they were surrounded, right? So they cried out for help to the Lord. That's so important that you don't miss that phrase. What were they doing? They cried out for help to the Lord. But then notice what they did. The priests blew their trumpets. Verse 15, and the men of Judah gave the battle cry. They raised a hallelujah. I couldn't help but think, as I, as I read, they cried out for help to the Lord, what the psalmist writes in Psalm 121. I looked up toward the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. As the men of Judah, verse 15, gave the battle cry, the Lord struck down Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. The Israelites fled from before the Judahite army, and God handed them over to the men of Judah. Abijah and his army thoroughly defeated them. 500,000 well-trained Israelite men fell dead. That day the Israelites were defeated. The men of Judah prevailed because, because they were a bigger army? No, they were much smaller. Because they were smarter than the Israelites? No. Because they had more money than the Israelites? No. It was because they relied on the Lord God of their ancestors. That's why they won the victory. See, there was nothing magical about the blowing of the trumpets. Blowing of trumpets wasn't some, like, magical talisman. It's like a magic formula that just because you blow a trumpet means God's going to be with you and rescue you. But what it is, is God says do it, and so it's an act of faith. It's an expression, God, I'm just going to do what you've told me to do, and I'm going to trust you for the results. And when you and I live that way, God still gives his people victory today, just as he did in the Old Testament. You and I may not have to blow a trumpet, but just like them, if we cry out to the Lord for our help, 
If we have faith in him, if we rely and depend upon him, he will give us victory because he's the God of victory. He always leads his people, Paul says, in triumphal procession. God has never been defeated by anyone or anything, and God never will. Therefore, if you and I, as the people of God, are following God, and we are in God, and we're doing what God says to do, we will ultimately prevail, and we will see victory in our life, not defeat. Then go to a much more familiar passage of trumpets sounding victory. Go back to the book of Joshua chapter 6. And all of you even back all the way in Sunday school days know the story of Joshua and Jericho, right? Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was shut tightly because of the Israelites. No one was allowed to leave or enter. The Lord told Joshua, see, I'm about to defeat Jericho for you along with its king and its warriors. Have all the warriors march around the city one time, do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the horns. When you hear the signal from the ram's horn, have the whole army give a loud battle cry. Raise a hallelujah. Then the city wall will collapse and the warriors should charge straight ahead. Strange military strategy, right? Walk around the city six times, and the seventh time day, walk around it seven times, and at the end, just blow your horns, and I'll deliver it into your hands. Again, nothing magical about the blowing of the trumpets, or in this case, the shofar, the ram's horn. But it was what God said to do. And when you and I follow what God said to do, the walls will come down. God overcomes the strongholds and the barriers and the obstacles in our life. You may be right now facing an insurmountable whatever in your life. And I just want to encourage you, just keep doing what the Lord says to do. Look to him. Trust him, rely upon him, depend upon him, and he will give you victory. You will prevail in whatever you are dealing with. Because God remembers and delivers his people. And we see that in the story. Go over to verse 20 in case you don't remember how the story ends. The ram's horns sounded, verse 20, and when the army heard the signal... They gave a loud battle cry. The wall collapsed and the warriors charged straight ahead into the city and captured it. They won. Again, not because they were stronger than Jericho, not because they were greater in number than Jericho, but because they followed the Lord and did what the Lord told them they should do. And because of that, they saw victory in their life. When they sounded the trumpets, they were simply following the strategy that the Lord gave them. Did it make sense? No. Did walking around the city six days and then the seventh day, seven days, did that make sense? No. To us, it doesn't make sense. But if God says to do it, we do it out of faith and trust in him that he just wants to see 
Is his people going to follow him? Are we going to do what he asks of us to do? I'll say it another way. Do we really believe what we say we believe? Do we? It's not magic. It's obedience. It's, it's simply saying, God, if this is what you said, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's probably not going to make any sense. to we, we may even be at a place like the Israelites with Jericho where we may look foolish for a while. Because we're just doing what the Lord wants us to do. And other people may scoff at us. They may mock us. They may make fun of us. But at the end of the day, those walls of our Jericho is going to come down. And we're going to stand in victory because we trusted the Lord when the rest of the world that doesn't trust the Lord ends up in defeat. And you and I just have to keep trusting the Lord because he is the God of hope. And victory. Well, go with me now to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. Matthew, chapter 24. And as you're turning there, let me remind you of another great verse from the Old Testament book of Psalms, Psalm 20, verse 7, that really fits in with what happened in 2 Chronicles 13 and also Joshua, chapter 6. The psalmist says in Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we will trust or depend upon the Lord our God. That's the way to victory, trusting and depending upon the Lord. Well, we've spent time talking about how trumpets were used to gather God's people for worship and to celebrate and praise God. They are used in the Old Testament to be basically a, a cry out to the Lord saying, Lord, we need salvation, we need rescue, we need deliverance, we need your help, and we are looking to you because we can't deliver ourselves. This is bigger than us. We need you, God, to help us through this. And God will come, and he promises to deliver and rescue and save his people when we act in obedience and faith to him. But there's another reason that the trumpets were used. And that was also to give hope to God's people, that God's presence was very present with them and that God was a God who would keep his promises, that he did remember and deliver his people over and over and over again. And he was a God who would always provide for his people, and therefore they could trust him. He was absolutely trustworthy, absolutely reliable and dependable. And so therefore you and I can have hope. Hope not in just what God has done in the past, not only what he's doing in the present, but hope as we look to the future. Because the same God who's brought us all this way and brought his people all this way through history, and that we can even go back to the Bible and see the ways God remembered and delivered his people throughout history, he's the same God who said, now, I'm going to use the trumpet even in prophecy. And I want you to remember that, that as you watch for me, as you wait for me, as you worship me, I want you to be a people that watches, waits, and worships always in hope. In fact, that's part of the reason why I think God set this festival at the first day of the month, in the seventh month, because 
literally they didn't have the calendar system like we do today. So it wasn't until the priests who were constantly watching the night sky to see exactly when the first new moon would come that they would say, okay, new month. And so the priests were always watching and waiting to see when that new moon would rise. And when it did, then they said, now it's time to sound the trumpets. Now it's time to get God's people together. And there's something in that watching and waiting because you see that, that terminology throughout Scripture, especially Jesus uses that terminology a lot with his followers. He says, be ready, be alert, be watchful, be always vigilant, always be watching and waiting for what God is about to do. And you see that in the New Testament. Look first at Matthew 24, verse 30 and 31, speaking about the return of the Lord. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man arriving on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. When he returns the next time, he will be seen by all the world for who he really is, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 31, and he will send his angels with what? A loud trumpet blast. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. See, a trumpet is even going to signal the return of Christ. Go over to the book of Revelation, to Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. And you'll also see here that the trumpet also signals that finally the kingdoms of this world will become Jesus' kingdom forever and ever. Revelation 11:15. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. That's the hope that God wants his people to hold on to. It's not the kingdoms of the world. Did you notice that? It's the kingdom of the world. Because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And God doesn't look at the world as a bunch of separate kingdoms. He looks at it as one kingdom, a kingdom under the influence of Satan. And God is saying one day this kingdom on earth is going to become the kingdom, the literal kingdom of Jesus Christ. And he will rule on this earth for 1,000 years in what's called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on earth. And guess who's going to be there to rule and reign with him? You and I who believe in Jesus as our Savior. That's the hope. We're waiting and watching and worshiping until the trumpet sounds. And then things change forever, forever. Oh, speaking of that, go back with me to the book of 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and begin following along with me in verse 50. You want to talk about hope. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. Now, this is what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep or die, but we will all be changed, transformed, made different. In a moment, in the blinking of an eye, at the last trumpet, 
Why is it the last trumpet? Well, if you go back to verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 15, what's it say? The last enemy that God's going to defeat is what? Death. And that's the hope we have, that one day the trumpet's going to sound and there will be no more death. There will be no more dying, no more illness, no more sickness, no more disease, no more separation from God or anyone else. It's all going to change when the trumpet sounds. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Now when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this mortal puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will happen, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the God of hope and victory, and we are waiting and watching and worshiping until the trumpet sounds and God changes everything once and for all. And there is no more death. There is no more death. And then he says, I want you to take this hope and I want you to take your victory that you and I have in Jesus Christ because one day, even the last enemy, death, is going to be defeated. There will be no enemies of God still standing. And if God's going to do that one day, God can do that even today in our lives. He can give us victory over every enemy or obstacle or opposition or challenge that you and I face. That's the God of hope and victory. That's what the trumpet signifies. But then he says this to God's people, take this truth that I've given you, my dear brothers and sisters, and be firm, verse 58. Do not be moved. Always be outstanding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. One day when that trumpet sounds and we stand before the Lord forever and ever in glory, everything that we've invested in for him in eternity Every, every moment we've spent in our lives in fellowship with him and worship of him and witnessing for him and in prayer and Bible study and in blood, sweat, and tears for ministry and service to him, it will be worth it all, my friends, when we stand there. So go above and beyond. That's what the words be outstanding in the work of the Lord. Excel in God's business that he has for you and the responsibility. Go above and beyond what God has given us to do. One final one this morning, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I guess one of the reasons why these last two passages especially mean something to me personally is because my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister are all in heaven. And I'm waiting that day when that trumpet sounds or when I die and go to be with Jesus that I can be reunited with those and many others that are already there in glory. Notice what Paul says to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep, those who've died in Christ so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. We are commanded by God to grieve when we lose loved ones, but to always remember that we grieve with hope 
not without hope. Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so also we believe that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep as Christians. For we tell you this by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not go ahead of those who've fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the shout of command, with the voice of the archangel, and with what? The trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Why? Because when God sounds a trumpet, even the dead are raised. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be suddenly caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage, keep strengthening one another with these words. Why? Because he's a God who remembers and delivers his people, because he's the God of hope and victory. And you have seen this morning just a small sampling that from Old Testament through New Testament, there was a significance to the trumpet. The trumpet, God says, I want you to use it in the Old Testament days to gather my people, to direct my people, that when they need delivered, they call unto me in faith, and to use it to celebrate and worship and rejoice in me and the hope and victory that I alone can give to my people. Well, the same thing is true today. We have hope and victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I don't know what you're facing today, but I know this, that whatever you're facing, whatever enemy, obstacle, challenge, difficulty, or whatever you're facing, you can find victory in it through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you need hope, you need a resurgence of hope, you need your hope built up, you need your hope strengthened or whatever, that God alone can grant you that hope, give you that hope, ground you in that hope, allow you to live in that hope, that as you begin to see things, just as God said, that you will cling to that hope until the day you go home to be with Jesus or he comes back for you and for me. Because we are to watch, to wait, to work, to worship in hope because we're waiting until that trumpet sounds. And when that trumpet sounds and we hear it, everything changes. The dead in Christ are raised. You and I are reunited with all the saints of God from all time. We go to see and be with Jesus forever and ever. The kingdom of this world now becomes the kingdom of Jesus Christ forever and ever. It all changes with that trumpet sound. And so God wants his people to wake up every day saying, Lord, I'm going to work until the trumpet sounds. I'm going to worship you until the trumpet sounds. I'm going to continue to watch and wait for you until the trumpet sounds because I'm waiting and watching and working and worshiping in hope and victory that you alone can give me. Let's stand and pray. God, thank you for being the God who remembers and delivers his people. Thank you, God, for never forgetting us, that even when we forget you, you never forget us. And that, Lord, if we ultimately want to see hope and victory in our life, all we have to do is the same thing that they did in the Old Testament. We look to you for our help. We raise our own cry. And we rely on you, God. 
to be our deliverer, our savior, our rescuer, our victory, our hope. God, we live in a world of hopelessness today. We live in a world of angst and anxiety. We live in a world that is so troubled. We need such an infusion, God, of hope and victory in this world. But, Lord, it's got to come through and to us first as your people. We can't expect those that do not have a relationship with you to walk in hope and victory if we as God's people are not walking in hope and victory every day. And so, God, I pray today that as this church, the Oasis Church, as we continue to go with you and grow with you and follow you, God, that we will be a people that reflect hope and victory every day through our Lord Jesus Christ. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a very familiar song to end with today. It is well with my soul. And if you know the back story of that song, you know that the man who wrote this song pretty much had lost everything. Lost his family, lost his fortune, lost his business. He lost everything. And yet, in the midst of all that, he knew a God of hope and victory. And that's why he was able to sit down and write, even in all of this, it is well with my soul. Because he knew the hope and victory that he had through Jesus Christ. And that one day he was going to see his loved ones again. And that one day, maybe the earthly reversals were going to be reversed forever and ever again. And he was never going to experience any loss again like he experienced. And so he was able to declare, it is well with my soul. As you and I declare this song today, in this room, to God and to witnesses, May this also be a song of declaration of our hope and victory. That the reason we can sing, it is well with my soul, is only because of the hope and victory that the Lord Jesus has given us. Amen? So let's sing this song out to the Lord today in worship. <laughs> 